What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of Some Kind of Podcast. This is a podcast where we entertain you by discussing what entertains us. I am your host, Christian, and I'm joined today by Cody. Oh, hello. And Tim. Hi. So going forward, I'm going to kind of be the more so permanent host since at the current time, I am the one with the most free time on my hands. So sorry if that sucks for you, but uh, that's what's going to happen for the next little bit. Uh, it's uh, It's been about two weeks since our last episode, um, but we do have a lot of stuff to talk about in the entertainment industry and catch up on. Uh, so this week, we'll be talking about a few hot topics in the entertainment industry, including the latest episode of Loki, uh, the latest installment in the Fast and Furious franchise. But first, let's kind of catch up on what we've all been up to. So guys, let's do some EXP grind here. Uh, what you been up to? Go ahead, Tim. Okay, I'll start. Um, been watching just, just, just obscene. Really, is the only word that comes to mind. Copious, if you will. That's maybe is a better word. Um, critical Role. I've just been just. Uh, essentially pledging my life to it essentially at this point it has taken over everything i'm pretty much just going to cancel every streaming service i have because i mean with an average of you know three hours an episode and it all being free um you know with the ads on youtube but you know whatever um i'm really not watching anything else um or doing anything else i don't sleep much anymore <laughs> i don't know what food is um uh, there's just Critical Role. I forgot about this podcast. I, I, <laughs> so who are you when guys? it comes to Critical Role, I am still very far behind. Oh, yeah. Yet to dive in. Yeah, you're like. Are they in a new season now? Is that what's going okay, on? Okay, all right. So I'm in campaign one. So it's like four years old now. And they just, like, and Cody might talk about it in, in his EXP grind because, like, when I say they just, I mean, like, it happened like last week or maybe the week before. It was the week before. They just wrapped up campaign two, and I they're they're doing wow. like they're doing like this side thing now called Exandria Unlimited, um, which Cody is, you know, he's gonna watch it anyway, so I don't feel as bad about it anymore. But he's kind of letting me know if it's safe for me to watch to make sure it doesn't spoil anything and what I'm currently watching because. They posted this thing on Twitter that said, like, there's no there's no major spoilers for either campaign, but there were some mild ones for campaign one, which is what I'm watching right now. Um, so Cody's been screening everything for me. And the only thing that he said there was some mild spoilers about something, but I just watched the episode that he said there was mild spoilers about. So I'm tentatively about to watch that. Um, but yeah. Um, I know nothing but Critical Role now. It it is the center of my universe. I Matt Murther, Matt Mur- Matt 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 Murther, Matt Murther, Matt Murther, Matt Mercer is uh, my lord and savior now. Um, Welcome, uh, my child, uh, to the flock. Yeah, um, I don't I, I I don't know anything but him now. Is, is it high noon? I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Matt Mercer, so, Matt, 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 Matt Mercer voices McCree in Overwatch. Yeah. You, you had some devastating electronic news lately. You want to tell everyone uh, about that? Yeah. Um, I came home Friday night and my TV died. 
It won't. I thought you were just going to stop there. I was like, what a story. Bravo. I mean, if you really want to know like the tragic news, that's what happened. And it came home Friday night and it wouldn't turn on. I was watching Critical Role on it earlier that day. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go work now. And I came home and we bought D&D Dark Alliance, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And um, I've yet to play it because, again, Critical Role is life. Um, so, yeah, I tried to turn my TV on to watch more Critical Role. Or actually, sorry, I lied. I tried to turn my TV on to play games with you guys. Um, and uh, it wouldn't come on. Uh, I can hear it. Like I can try to make selections. I can hear it, but there's no picture. So after about an hour and a half of like watching YouTube videos and trying to do troubleshooting and whatnot, I bought another television because I gave up. So, well, because the nearest place they could take it to like get looked at was in Lorenberg, which is nowhere near me. So, that's yeah, far. Like, all right, guess I'm poning up five hundred bucks and buying a new TV. So I bought a new TV. It'll be here Thursday. Um, essentially, it's like my old TV, except I bought a, a higher quality version. Um, I was gonna say five hundred bucks is probably a pretty good TV. Yeah, it's a bit smaller than the TV I had. My TV was currently sixty inches. I got it. This one's fifty, but it's a better quality tv from what my understanding has been so um yeah if it's not critical role or my job which has gotten busier which you know i'm not gonna say where i work but um my job's gotten busier so if it's not been critical role that's been that and unfortunately the bad thing about critical role is i've gotten to the point in the show where they started doing their own talk show and i was like all right i'll check this out and see what it's like because i figure like you're gonna give some backstory on like the campaign and stuff like that some cool insights and they do and the problem is is that i also like the talk show <laughs> which so, is like an hour long which is like another hour an hour and a half long depending on like what's happening so i was telling cody before you joined us christian that like i can't watch the talk show because i'll be stuck in campaign one for the next 20 years uh and i'm not gonna do that to myself so i'm only gonna watch the show on like if there's a big moment that happens in one of the episodes then i'll watch the show is called tox machina because the group of adventurers in campaign one is called vox machina so it rhymes um so I'm not going to watch Tox Machina unless something big happens in the campaign. No, that's fine. I, I think that's because I didn't keep up with it for campaign two either. Uh, yeah. It was I, I honestly just went back and like when big things happened, I, I, I watched. Yeah, um, which is pretty much what I'm going to do. Yeah. I mean, it's or, it's fun. Know, like, you know, because I'm trying now, though, because now that we're getting like closer to like, I mean, I know I'm still like 30 episodes away from the final fight or whatever um but now that they're getting in more like the end campaign kind of stuff i've been trying to watch more than i'm listening on my because the reason i got so far is because i was doing it on podcasts when i was at work not doing much of anything i would just throw it on and listen to an episode yeah but now like they're getting into like the bigger fights and like there's more crazy stuff happening i've been trying to actually watch it more yeah um so there could be like if I'm just at work and wanting something to listen to, I might put on an episode of Tox Machina just to like have something to listen to. But I don't think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna try to watch the rest of Campaign One. Uh, it's worth it, and so is like the beginning of Campaign Two. 
Yeah, uh-huh. I'm sure it would just like campaign one, it'll get to the point where I'm like, okay, they're not really doing a whole lot right now, so I can kind of listen to it for a yeah. little bit. But like the, the bigger fights, especially, you know, like uh, when they fought Kev Dak in, in that was That one. was a good one. Uh, when they fought uh, Kavarn, a lot of K names. Uh, I, I watched those episodes because those are like the big fights that like everything was leading up to this. So yeah. I watched those. But um, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. And I watched Fast 9. I did watch Fast Night, so I guess life isn't totally critical role because I did manage to sneak in a two hour and forty long minute Fast and Furious movie. But we'll talk it about that. It was a long one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Cody, what have you been doing, or Christian? What have you been doing? Yeah, Cody, what's up, man? Uh, I was gonna say, Tim. Uh, really, the only thing that they mentioned in Alexandria uh, Unlimited uh, is like they start in Iman. Yeah. And okay. and so. Uh, they mention like Thordax pit and the the tear into the fire plane. Okay. So I was like, I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like we knew the pit was there, but at the same time, I was like, uh. um, I knew. Okay, so I, now that I've watched the fight, I know the pit is there, but they're currently in the pit right now. Right. That's how the Thordax fight ends. Yeah. Um. And I kind of knew about the terror of the fire plane. I knew he came from the tire plane, and there was something that was going on with that, but I don't know exactly what it is. Um, did, well, didn't they do the episode already where they went through the tear? Uh, yeah. Okay, never mind. I knew about the fire plane tear. When they stole Chris Hardwick's broom? That wasn't, that wasn't the fire plane. It was right before it, right? It was leading up to the fire yeah. plane because they, they get the one of the vestiges there. Yeah, they get uh, Pike's armor, I think, maybe. No, then they go back because they, they definitely did something in the fire plane with Chris Hardwick, but they just went to the fire plane to get Pike's thing because they fought the pit fiend. Right. Oh, no, they were, anyway. they were closing it with chris hardwick's character oh they closed the yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. they closed it there and then yeah. laura bailey being her greedy self stole his broom and that was the funniest thing ever yeah and then she became chaotic neutral because of that yep um anyway sorry to bore you christian welcome to the critical role podcast where all we talk about all day long is nothing but critical I, role. Anyway, I, my life right now. Uh, I said critical it's it's i mean you can't see it right now because my tv I, my, i'm in my room my tv is broken but i'm in my room with another TV. I mean, you can't see it right now because it went on its screensaver, but I was watching Critical Role when we came to do this. Uh, so, to talk about something other than Critical Role, um, yeah, so Critical Role Campaign 2 ended um, <laughs> a couple weeks ago. That was really cool. Um, so, yeah, Christian, you're like 300-ish episodes behind. It's like, you know, like those long animes. Like, I'm just too far behind at this point. There's no point. I'm just No, no, there's a point. It's really good. Um, yes, but unlike animes, campaign one and campaign two don't have a whole lot to do with each other. Sort of, kind of, maybe. Yeah, uh, it's like they do. Like they're with campaign two. It's like there were subtle things that were different. Anyway, I'm not. This isn't a can, uh, critical podcast. Um, could be. Could be futures. Welcome mm. to some kind of critical where yeah. we talk about critical role and. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I watched that. Um, got all caught up. I did watch uh, Exandria Unlimited. It's not as good. I'm just be real. Um, 
Is it because Matt isn't DMing? Matt's not DMing. He's he's playing. Uh, I know that, but is that why it's not as good? Yeah, to me. Hmm. Um, I mean the the girl that's the, doing the DM, the woman that's doing the DM, uh, DMing. She's she's good. She's just uh, I think it's her first time DMing, so she's very like nervous about a lot of things. Um, like it's it's entertaining. I mean, Matt's hilarious. Um, per usual. Yeah. So I mean, like it's it's worth a watch. I'm gonna keep up. But with he's it. happy to be playing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so I watched that, and then uh, I did start, finish, and platinum Ratchet and Clank this week. Yes. Oh, oh, I forgot to mention. Uh, in the midst of my critical wellness, I platinum Cat Quest. Bravo, man. I am so glad you took a break from all the other games to play the game. From what yeah. I actually heard, hat is is pretty fun, though. Yeah, well, first of all, it's fun. Second of all, yeah, instead of playing, you know, Ghost of Shishima, which I haven't finished, or, uh, you know, any other major title that's come out in the last year, I downloaded Cat Quest 1 and 2 and Platinum Cat Quest. And it only took me like a day and a half. So it wasn't that bad. But anyway, go ahead. You platinum rift apart. Yeah. Of all of us, I, I would have thought that I would have been the one to get Cat Quest, but it was Tim. Um, for it's those fun. who don't know, I, I have two cats. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, I finished Ratchet and Clank. Um, I got all the gold bolts on my first run. Uh, the only thing I needed to do to get the platinum for the second run was just play it so I could buy the like grenade launcher gun, and then I got the platinum. Uh, Very cool. So it was pretty good. Um, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So what about it? We can we we'll get back to this in a second. But what about it didn't make sense? Uh, the story. And how they did things. So, like, like, hear me out. Like, so that there's this one thing, the Dimensionator, mm-hmm. that can open up a hole into another dimension. It mm-hmm. breaks and causes mm-hmm. things to go kooky. Mm-hmm. Out of control. Keywords mm-hmm. being out of control. Mm-hmm. Yet, somehow, everyone can control it. And it really bothered me. Like so, who do you mean by everybody? Well, like Zerky Junior, his like that whole bar in the arena was just literally inside like a pocket. Okay, yeah. And then okay, we'll we'll dive into this more in a minute. And then like, at any given point in time, the the bad guys could just open a portal and show up wherever you were, even though they didn't have a dimensionator. So I will say that wasn't the bad guys doing it. That was nefarious doing it and throwing bad guys at you to stop you from getting to your goal. Right. But he didn't know how to use the dimensionator. That was literally like the biggest point of the game. Didn't at first. He didn't literally until the end. And he was like, he even like, told his alternate self he's like i it took me like i don't i don't even still don't know how to use it and he's like that's because you didn't have a map as far as the rift stuff i will give you that one that that doesn't make a huge lot of sense on the plot line however my defense is if you look thoroughly into almost any single movie 
or anime or game, there are plot holes like that. It's like, this is really cool, but it doesn't actually make sense. I'm not, I'm not crapping on the game. I love the game. I absolutely, I platinum the game. I will probably play through it again. Um, I'm just saying, I mean, we literally just watched a movie that made literally no sense. So it's true. Uh, but like talking about the Academy Award winning movie for Best Picture at Fast Nine. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, my my whole thing was like, yeah, every game, movie, or whatever has plot holes, but the plot holes were literally like the basis of the game. It's literally called Rift Apart, and the rifts were the plot hole. You know what movie had a lot of plot holes in it? Holes. Holes. Not, okay, so it had plot hole in the sense of they used the rifts to their advantage because it was one of the core functionalities of traversing the game and actually getting from point A to point B, like you said, summoning enemies. But it still didn't interfere with the story, though. No, it worked perfectly for their story for what they needed. But I'm just saying, like, even, like, like in the arena, like, they put you through a portal to fight certain things. Like, they put you through a portal to fight, like, the zombie T-Rex thing. Yep. Like, how are they controlling it? They're not. They don't have a Dimensionator, but they're in full control of it. But it's happening. That's what I'm saying. Like, it just... That just because you're talking poo about his. Game. I'm not talking. I loved it. I'm just saying. Well, talking poo. I'm just saying. I'm taking your platinum away from you. You don't actually get that anymore. <laughs> there were some. I'm petitioning Sony. Glaring plot nope. holes that. Currently typing an email to Insomniac. Please take <laughs> Cade Star Killer's platinum away. He does not deserve it. Anyway, I love and the game. Send. I love the game. Uh. Even if I hated the game, it gets five stars because uh, once you upgrade the, uh, I, I forgot the name of the gun, the one that like Google. pulls things out of other dimensions, that's not the Dimensionator. The, the, the Googleizer? You know, the plot hole gun that does what the main gun's supposed to do. Anyway, you can pull literally Jack the and Daxter. Letters. Gun. The plot hole gun. Oh yeah, uh, Rhino. There you go. Yeah, 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 the Rhino. Uh, yeah, which does what the Dimensionator does, but you know it's fine. It, only one gun's supposed to be able to do that. Anyway, anywho, can... this is another part of the thing that I was gonna get to. So, do we want to move past Rift Apart for just a few Hopefully minutes so you can tell me what the rest are doing? Yeah. yeah anyway, like I was just saying, my favorite part is that you could summon Jack and Daxter literally into the game, which is phenomenal. Um. So yeah, other than that. Uh, you haven't been doing a whole lot. Uh, I'm off this whole week because of construction at the office, and I just started building my uh master grade Gundam model, like the nerd that I am. That's about it. It's a master. So not only did you diss on my game for a solid. To diss few it. minutes. This is you also no, didn't mm, even acknowledge mm, mm. that we have been playing Operation Tango and Dark Alliance together. Apparently, that w- just didn't even happen. Christian, this is the <laughs> apple pie or whatever the the fritter thing all over again. Like I wasn't crapping on little Debbie snacks, and I wasn't crapping on. Hear that, little Debbie? He's on, trying to uh, save face with you. 
I don't need to because I never said anything negative. Anyway, who? Uh, I was leaving Dark Alliance and um, Operation Tango to you because I think your feelings about Operation Tango in particular were way more um, intense than mine. You smell that, Christian? It smells like a lot of poo that Cody. Well, well, I'm smelling some uh, bull crap uh, in this uh, conversation. All right, guys. I will. Uh, I will see you next podcast. Well, thanks for listening to some kind of podcast. And 21 is where it ends. Yeah, we made it this far. Old enough to drink. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, um, Operation Tango. So. I hope he's still recording us because he went off screen. Hi. Oh, yeah. Okay, he's back. Okay. Uh, I also Platinum Rift Apart. Uh, but moving on from that, uh, we'll come back to that later. Anyway, like we were saying, we have been playing Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance, which yeah, is how a, is that? Because I was supposed to play with guys, and then I sort of didn't ever do that because the TV, TV thing. Yeah, it is yeah. a it is a game that should not be priced at sixty dollars. It's not right. It's only forty. It's only forty. You the deluxe edition. Oh, that's right. That's where I'm getting the price point <laughs> from. Yeah, that's what I get for uh, pre-ordering. Go on. And, uh, Go on. I'm not even sure if it's worth 40 though. I think sense. it's worth it. I think 40 is fine. I, I would have okay, liked it more so at like 25 but... My biggest grievance with the game is that they the enemies are glitched to high freaking crap. Yeah. Like, the mechanics, like, they kind of make sense. And then, like, you'll be fighting an enemy, and it'll just be like, spam. Okay, did it teleport? Is it somehow behind me now? And then, it, and then it one shots you, well, and then kills you. You uh, pissed off your DM. Is what you did. Yeah, apparently. It, it's just, um, it's very buggy. And I'm sure that they'll patch things as they go, but like it, it feels very unpolished. Um, also, the one thing I was really excited about the game was that since it is a Dungeons and Dragons game, I was thinking back to our time that we all spent with For the King, where it was, you know, you roll some dice, you take those into a consideration as to actually if your attack is successful, so on and so forth, just like in a D&D environment, and that's not at all how it is. This is basically like the old Lord of the Rings game back on PlayStation 2, where it's just kind of hack and slash build up your character you kind of have a dark a and uh, d like score sheet where you build up your your points and your different stats that's kind of as close as it gets uh to the D realm i mean you're more familiarized with that cody than i am but am i right yeah you you definitely have a a character sheet for your your character um and you can plug in stats to any of the main stats when you level up um just like you would in D D. Uh, and they affect different things. Um, but then outside of that, yeah, it's just an RPG. Um, kind of hack and slash. I mean, I like it. It's a lot of fun. It's just very buggy. Um, yeah, and so the I think the thing is, is I don't think I will ever play this game by myself. No, definitely not. If you guys are on, I will happily like drink a beer and just have fun with it, and it'll be a good time. And I'm looking forward to playing, uh, putting more hours into it. But it's definitely not uh, friendly. And I think they were actually pretty transparent about that. I think I saw a tweet or something from the developers saying that, like, I mean, you can do it solo. You're not going to have any fun. But... Right. <laughs> um, and then speaking of uh, co-op games, as we also said, mentioned Operation Tango, 
which Tim like opened up Cody and I's minds to this a few weeks back because I didn't even know this game was a thing. Yeah, I didn't even know yeah. this was coming to PlayStation Plus. Yeah, I'm surprised you guys got it. Yeah, it was free. And, uh, yeah, it was free so, for the month. I'm kind of curious to see what your thoughts are on this because I wonder if it's the same as mine. How far so, did you make I'm it? Not, I'm, I got yeah. trouble four. You didn't did finish you four? four? No. Okay. okay. So fully transparent here. My inner like ego kicked in or maybe on our last did. podcast. I don't, I don't remember. Either okay. we even got to level four and got past it or we gave up because it was too hard. Okay. My inner ego like kicked in when on last podcast when you were like, you know, it's just it was way too hard. There's way too much communication. It's really just stupidly just doesn't make sense and all sorts of stuff. Super hard, super quick. And I was like, I got this. I can do this. And I was like, Cody, we we can we can do this. Let's let's like surpass them. Let's finish the game and then come back and be like, yeah, we 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 totally just like nailed it. Went all the way through. Got the platinum. Just like you know, and no eight hours. Uh, the first mission went went okay, and then after that, I th- on I think it was mission two. There was this specific mini game where I was getting so pissed because I was trying to move left and right, and Cody was trying to move up and down, and I was trying to get this stupid ball to we enter this like little circle, <laughs> and we were laughing hysterically because we just freaking couldn't do it. Like it was like impossible. And then we finally got it into the little thing, and then it was good. And then we were able to move on. Talking about because like, I was trying to tell Stephen what I was doing, and I was like, okay, you have to go up. And he was like, there is no up for me. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, what are your directions? And he was like, I got east and west. And I was like, well, I got up and down, so I don't know what we're supposed to be doing here. <laughs> yeah. So it, finally, uh... finally, we recognize in that one scene is that like in every room you go into, like the directions change for the person that's in the room. So you need to figure out where north is and then be able to give them the direction from there. Yeah. 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 So like, so. you know, like how, like, on who was the hacker? I was. Cody, so yeah. like on the hacker, there was a bar on each end of like the room. I don't know if you saw it or not. And you think that's where you can't go into, but it's not. The bar is where north is in that room. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it was a humbling experience because after mission two it just it went downhill. We yeah. like we got through three okay and then we hit four and we were just like what the, the where you're actual like the bleep is like, going on. The more you're the hacker and you're going through like yes. this. Yeah. Dude, that one's rough. I got to a point where I was just thirty minutes. I was just mashing buttons at one point because like I like there were things that were prompting that was like, hey, you know, like do this or else you're like your hacker friend's gonna die. And I was just like, I'm just gonna press buttons because I don't I don't even know what's going on at this point. Like I just hard. Very humbling, uh, like you said. Yeah, because the the train mission though. was was annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing the like password or whatever. And yeah. then um, especially when you do like the color thing. Do you ever get to the color thing? Yeah, that was the very end of it where you're in the like the control room where you're trying to stop the train. I think so, yeah. And you know, like no, not the train thing. I'm talking like the colors. It's in the hacker one. Oh yeah, the like pink, green, yellow, blue. Yeah, because yeah. you have to be like now, 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 yeah. now, now, oh, now, yeah. now, now. Yeah. No, we, we did it. We got hung up on one part of that. I mean we eventually got it, but it's a point where like on Christian's in he has to align something but like he can't see what he needs to align. And like mm-hmm. on my screen it was like a line on the left was in one spot and then on the right it was on the other and Christian had to align them. 
and we couldn't yeah. figure it out to save our lives. It was honestly the hardest part of the whole level because yeah. we just couldn't get past that. Once we got past that, it was still hard, but it was doable. Uh, yeah, no, it's. I am almost kind of scared to go pick up the game again and in, in like fathom what like the level five is even gonna be like. Yeah, we didn't get to it. Steve and I took a break, and then we never picked it up again. I uh, I feel bad now that you know after playing a way out, which was basically what this what we wanted like in this game like of hardcore communication you got to communicate back and forth to escape prison and then it turned out to be almost like a telltale game where it's like you're just kind of going through the motions of the story and you just kind of it's an easy platinum go and not real not much difficulty really to it this is like the co-op game that's the polar opposite of that this game is like full-on if you're not communicating you're gonna like have a very I mean, bad at, headache at the beginning of the game it was like this is it does it does they are <laughs> they're very transparent and even like on the home screen you can't even get into the game unless you have a partner with you mm-hmm. unless and they're like you know voice chat is required uh and they're like if you need a, someone to do this with you here's our discord server go find somebody to actually play this game with um so it is cool and props to the developers for putting out a game that's like this because i don't think i've played this co-op intensive of a game uh since we were like raiding in destiny yeah um but yeah um real quick i forgot about something i know we haven't in case you know we haven't talked about D &D enough yet (laughs) um i kind of alluded this to the last podcast but i started playing a campaign for the first time oh yeah that's right is that still going did you stick with it still going um we're about four or five sessions in I'm level two ranger Very good. um i say this with uh best possible meaning i can possibly get out of this and instead of like dungeons and dragons it's more like dungeons and dumbasses <laughs> uh because three out of the four people playing are new to D D that have never played before and the dm has never dm'd before uh, so, I mean, he's done like one shots, but he's never done a campaign before. Yeah. Um, and I was very honest up front. I was like, "Look, only experience I have with D and D is critical role. So, this is, I mean, you're you're you're, you're up against God tier, which I'm not comparing him to Matt Mercer because how could you? Um, but it's it's fun. I'm enjoying it. I'll be playing again tomorrow at time recording." um so yeah um you know but just i want to throw it out there because i alluded it to last week and yeah we're um, doing it so. well good do you think you'll still like are there are there, is there writing on the wall that this group's gonna fall apart at any moment and like, um it's gonna stop or i don't know i don't think we're gonna get through the whole campaign just because like there's just so many so much into 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 secrecies that like you know like it just we're there's a good unit like you know what i'm saying like we have a good group of people i feel but like we, there's not that much a team element you know i feel like it'd be different like if it was like people that i knew like we would actually like you know try to develop like a team and then you know have a like a, a group i don't know uh but the whole reason i'm playing is because i want to try dming and I figured that the only way I can really learn about the game itself before I DM is to play a little bit. Yeah. So 
Uh, I'm trying to work on my own one shot to see how I would do DMing. Do you know what kind of ranger you are? Uh, not the Beastmaster. So I'm the other one. Were they letting you do um, just standard D&D? &D, were they letting you use like Xanthar's Guide to everything? I think it's just standard D&D. &D. Okay. It's just 5e. Okay. Well, yeah, no. I mean, Xanthar's is part of 5e. It's just extra stuff. Oh. But then I think Xanthar's is included then. Um, I was gonna. I, I wish I had thought about it before, um, but like, I I, I could help you build like the most OP ranger ever. No. Well, the other thing that's gonna, is is bothering me is that he's using Mildstone, which is fine, but like he wants it to be based on character development, and the character that I wrote has amnesia mm -hmm. so he wouldn't know character development unless he's told that it's character development so i don't know how i'm a level past level two which is another reason why i'm kind of like i don't know how long this campaign is going to continue but i digress we can move on to other things this isn't some kind of dungeon and dragon podcast <laughs> i feel like we've talked about dungeons and dragons in some form in the last 30 minutes so christian next next topic Usually this would be the part of the episode where I would say time for a Metacritic's predictions check-in. But you know what? It's been too long. I don't remember the point system, and I'm tired of remembering it or reminding myself just how it works. So you know what? The point system is getting thrown out the window. I was pulling ahead a little bit. I'm not going to say I was the winner, but I'm just going to say it's just it's it's gone now. So we're going to continue on with this. We're still going to touch in with our picks of the year throughout the entertainment industry with movies and games, but we're not going to do the point system anymore because at one point it made sense to me, then it didn't reminded myself and now it still doesn't again. So it's dead anyway. Well, the Oscar one. So we can just say I win this one too. Anyway, thanks guys. Sure. Tim's the all time winner for all of our little prediction ceremonies. So we're just going to give him DoorDash for an entire year. Hey, uh so yes okay so the first part of the metacritics predictions check-in you know that was recorded and i'm holding you guys to that i Moving didn't on. agree to sheesh talking mushrooms uh i would like to touch in one last time for a final thought of ratchet and clank rift apart uh before we Great start game. recording tonight's <laughs> episode uh i asked him to do a old lookaroo on the internet uh, and it has standing at it Metacritic of 88, which is, I would like to say, doing it a disservice because I definitely feel like it deserves to be in the 90 range ballpark. I think it's a near perfect game. 90 range? It's only two points away. Eh, it's, eh, it still hurts me to see it in the 80s. Uh, so, that's, that's a solid B. That is a solid B. <laughs> um, so have you guys, I can't actually remember, how many of the rest of the Ratchet and Clank franchise series have you guys played? None. None. Did you play the remake in 2016? Negative. I started the remake, and then the I was like, hey, look at that shiny thing over there. Yep. <laughs> Not because there's anything wrong with the game, just because that's I have ADD, my guy. Yep. <laughs> okay, no, you're good. So I, the thing I love about this game and that I think is going to be Insomniacs and PlayStation, uh, you know, family as a whole, saving grace, is that the fact it doesn't matter if you have ever played a Ratchet and Clank game before, or if this is your, you know, you've played every single game so far, like as I have, and this is, you know, you're just 
excited to have an exclusive PlayStation 5 title that is a continuation of one of your favorite franchises of all time. It doesn't matter because this game is so good and so pretty that it's going to draw you in and it's going to hold your attention throughout the entire game. And just like Cody said, even though he's never played a game in the franchise, he still wanted to get the Platinum. Platinum isn't even that hard to get. So really don't get me wrong, you don't have to 100% the game. It's really just about 16 hours of your life. You have to beat the game once, play a few glimpses into the second run through, and you'll have the Platinum. It's not really that bad. Um, more is like in the past, I think most of the games that required you to like get all the gold bolts, get all the collectibles, you don't have to do that. There's trophies that kind of like, you know, push you in the direction to try to get you to get all the collectibles. Um, where like, you know, once you collect the first, what is it? Five gold bolts. I think you get like a trophy five. Yeah. You don't even have to complete all of the arena. Yeah. So it's really cool. It's a really trophy trophy hunter friendly, uh, platinum. And I appreciated that part of me wished that they had pushed for like a more of a hundred percent completionist on it. Uh, but I also liked that, you know, I was able to get the platinum, feel like I achieved it. And then just the other day I actually went back and a hundred percent of the game. Uh, um, I don't want to burst your bubble here, man. And this is going to hurt a lot, but you know, I didn't, I didn't play rift apart and uh, a platinum cat quest. And I looked up the Metacritic for cat quest and it's an 89. So I clearly uh, appeared. This, I played the superior game. This is uh, this is killing my soul a little bit. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> How had um? That was a low blow. I'm just, I'm just gonna keep trying to uh, push through that and uh, Let's just like acknowledge and move past the fact that that was worse than everything I said. <laughs> uh, uh... I'll play Rift Apart. I own it. I just don't even play it. But that does kind of segue into my next talking point, and that is the game of the year conversation. When I think about Ratchet and Clank and the exclusive, the offerings that it brings to the PlayStation family and the exclusivities, I totally think it deserves game of the year. Another side conversation on this is that I hate the title game of year because there's like 20 games each year that get the title game. Every of game that is a major title claims as game of the year. And if they don't, if they're not, if they're not the official game of the year, they have the game of the year edition, yeah. which yeah. all that means is that, hey, you can buy it now and all the DLC is included. And so what I don't understand is, no, there's now a thing called the Game Awards. It's pretty cool. I've been watching it for a couple of years now. Why have they not incorporated something like the Oscar system where you have the best of a specific category where, you know, you have like the best animated game, the best horror game, the best action adventure game. Why is that not a thing? They I'm kind of peeved that it's not. Uh, do they? It's like best. Uh, I, I mean, it's more general i think it's like best open world best ongoing uh rpg best um best story best uh like score like it it's there's not the thing about what you're asking what you're saying there's no genre specific i guess there's not a video game academy like the the best game i think is voted on by people yeah it's it's all it's all done by fans too so like it's not a real thing, you know. I mean, like it's a thing in a sense of like whoever wins game of the year, like will boast that. But, yeah, like, it's voted on by like fans. It's so, to like, be honest, the, it's the like closest... there's a bunch of like, like stuffy white men being yeah. like, 
Because that's what the Academy is. I'm it's not, it's honestly more comparable to, and I don't mean this in a negative way, just like the apple fritter. I'm just saying, in comparison, it's more like the Nickelodeon Choice Awards. I was going to say the MTV Movie Awards. Or, but or yeah. that. Like, it's honestly, it's closer to that. So here's the thing, though. Okay, so like if they've they've gone, like the game industry has gone through the the, uh, the difficulty of establishing this as an actual thing, and all real is the realisticness. I don't know what word I was actually trying to go for there. Really? Whatever. Sure. <laughs> uh, the Game Awards is actually more successful and bigger than E3. E3 is probably on its last ropes, borderline almost dead. Game Awards, yeah, I think, um, had more announcements than E3 for the honestly, past like two you years. You said that E3 was happening. I didn't even realize E3 was still a thing. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. So the fact that it's already that big, I guess it just irritates me that why doesn't the game industry actually accept it as being like, so like if their game is awarded game of year, then yeah, plaster all over your marketing material and be like, yeah, in 2021, I won the game of the year. My game's freaking awesome. But the game industry lost that, and it just puts game of the year on freaking every game that's ever made, so it doesn't even matter. Anywho, back to my point. We're talking about Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> uh, so, Tim, you haven't played the game, and this is going to lead a little bit into spoilers. Do you care? No. Are you still going to play it? Probably. I don't trust you. <laughs> After I finish Cat Quest 2. Uh, I swear to you. Did Cat, if Cat Quest 2, the sequel to Cat Quest... It's not ripped as, apart. It didn't, it didn't. It's in a seventy-four. It's not as okay. Good. Thank God. No, no. And to be fair, um, Cat Quest is listed four times for each individual platform that it's on. Yeah. And the PC version scored the eighty-nine. The PlayStation Four version, which is the one I played, got a seventy-four. But I picked the one that was highest because, I mean, it came on PC first. So. That's really weird, though. I don't know why they. There's a Switch version, there's the PC version, there's a PlayStation 4 version, and there's an iOS version that are all scored. But I was like, well, it came out on PC before anything else because it was ported to all those other ones. Right. So I picked the PC one because that's where it legitimately was scored originally. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, to be fair, combined, Ratchet & Clank did score higher. I just thought it was funny that one of them was scored higher than Ratchet & Clank, and I went with that one for humor. Thanks, man. Anywho, uh, so a little bit of background. Cody brought up the Dimensionator and kind of like what that does with this game. And it does kind of play with the plot and makes it to the point where it doesn't make a lot of sense. He brought up the point of there's this place in the game that's essentially the arena part of the the game called uh, Xerxes. And in this, you go up to this thing that looks kind of like a bar. And instead of just walking through the doorway... You essentially walk through a rift into the bar. Don't really quite get why they did that because they could have just made it where you walk into a bar and enter an arena. It would have still made sense. Anyway, um, the dimensionator that like is causing all these rifts at the beginning of the game gets broken up because the nefarious of the beloved franchise's home world or home dimension gets destroyed in a fight between Ratchet and Clank and Nefarious, who notoriously has lost to Ratchet over and over again, sick and tired of losing. And then finally, I think basically just by sheer dumb luck, 
actually teleports him to a world where he always wins. And so, spoiler alert, he brings him to another dimension where he's actually with his doppelganger, Emperor Nefarious, who actually is, like, kicking butt in this dimension, uh, and Rivet, which is the game's uh, newest uh, protagonist to get introduced here, um, is the leader of, or one of the, the main core members of the Resistance fighters that are fighting against Emperor Nefarious. Uh, and then you team up with her, uh, Ratchet and Clank, and a Clank's alternate version of himself called Kit. Uh, and so I was hoping by the end of this game, if it was fully explained, if Rivet and Kit were literally just gender-bent alternate reality dimension versions of Ratchet and Clank, and it wasn't really. At one point, it was kind of hinted at they might be, but then once you go to the Lombax planet where a bunch of your ancestors were at one point, it actually starts to dive into how the Dimensionator was originally created by the Lombax species by one of your ancestors, and he was actually traveling through dimensions, tracking all the different things, and realizing that the Lombax were getting hunted down and they needed a planet to go to to run away from their impending doom. Doesn't really go a whole bunch more into it other than that, other than kind of hinting at that maybe it's not an alternate dimension version of ratchet it might just be two different lombaxes that were spread amongst the many dimensions out there to safeguard them and keep them away from whatever this overarching power is or whatever that was hunting them i kind of would be in favor of that more so than just saying like hey here's this new character it's basically just female ratchet and yeah here you go I would much rather it be like, hey, at the beginning of the next game or some point in the franchise, it's like, yeah, this person like scattered the remaining Lombaxes throughout all these dimensions to keep them safe until they were like old enough and strong enough to band together to fight off whatever this impending evil is. Um, where the game ends, you end up defeating both Doctor Nefarious and Emperor Nefarious and saving both dimensions. And then it kind of uh, leads into a bunch of like clips of Rivet and Clank and Kit and Ratchet all hanging out together. And the last thing that Ratchet says to Rivet before the credits kind of hit is that, hey, you know, like I know you need to get back to your own dimension, maintain, you know, order there. But before you do that, let's make one more trip, kind of insinuating that they're going to go actually find the dimension where the rest of the Lombaxes are and find out what's going on from that. Which kind of leads me to my last point, which was Insomniac made a posting for a multiplayer uh, hiring for about four different positions. And I'm curious if this is a co-op game for the next one or just a multiplayer game of some sort for a new Ratchet installment uh, that encourages some sort of like Lombaxes banding together to fight a new force of some sort. Do you guys think it's that, or do you think it's more so Insomniac, Insomniac going like a multiplayer Spider-Man route, which is kind of really their only two IPs at this point? I see. I, I see three different possible routes. I could see a, a Ratchet co-op. I could see a Spider-Man co-op, or I could see another like kart racing game that would include all of their. IPs and characters in the Sony verse. Right. Go karting. Um also they did confirm in the game that Kit is Ratchet uh Clank's alternate. They didn't confirm um uh Rivet and 
Ratchet. Uh, oh, they just but Rivet like... is, or sorry, um, Kit is yeah. Plank's alternate. Yeah, when when you go to the like, I don't know, Void Dimension or whatever with the crocodile dude. With he, Gary. Yeah, um, <laughs> Gary actually Gary. says like like he's like, what do you think of you know uh, Clank? And she's like, you know, they they she compliments him and he's like, not bad for an alternate. And he's like, she's like, yeah, I couldn't have asked for a better alternate or whatever. Like it like they fully okay. acknowledge that, but I don't think they ever. You're right. Like confirm that Rivet is just female Ratchet. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. um, another thing too is that well I guess with the exception of Clank I mean they're they're robots, but there's not all the other characters represented in the this alternate dimension aren't none of them are gender bent like it's they're all still like the same you know representation of character just slightly different personality and maybe a different career path. Uh, one like of them was race bent. It was this. Uh, the weird. Was it was it Quirk or Quark? So I don't know if that was supposed to hint that he was race bent or if it was just that he had just makeup on or something. I know what you're talking about. He had like well, a very like the, almost uh, red aura. In the uh, in the credits when they were doing like that very like you know hand drawn like sort of montagey thing, mm-hmm. uh, with they showed a few images of them and. He, he had very brown skin. Hmm. And okay. I, like I couldn't tell through the whole game. I was like, did they go with a different race? Did he like are they implying that he just like tanned really hard? Like I'm not really sure what they were going for there. Yeah, what's hard about it is because I mean like so the original Captain Quark, the like, you know, superhero that's not from the franchise in your home dimension, uh is has like this green latex suit it's really bright and shiny and yeah. so like it's always kind of reflected onto his skin kind of like a greenish glow and so in this alternate dimension his alternate version of himself red. is red and yeah. has like a reddish glow kind of hitting his face so it's it's hard to tell if they're like insinuating that he's race bent or if it's just the suit being really weird but yeah I, i'm basically just going off the credits um no it was more clear because like quirk is it quirk or quark 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 uh his skin was white as could be in the in the credits so i was like that's interesting i was like i guess they just race bent him because i mean like pete rusty pete was like i was he southern <laughs> I don't know really what they were going for. Like I, original... I know you said, like you know, like you can play the game and not have played the other ones, and and I think that's a hundred percent true. But I think it helps in terms of like knowing it does. The so yeah, so like at the beginning, it was a nostalgia trip for me because at the very beginning of the game, you're going into this parade that's for Ratchet and Clank, and they're going through these different floats. That's actually like you know the very first one is when Ratchet finds clank crashing down onto his planet where he's been hanging out being essentially a mechanic since childhood and picks him up and then like they become you know the dynamic duo that like carries into the rest of the franchise um and then it goes to an blimp where it shows like you know they're, they're all their like you know monumental fights and the things they've overcome together over the years and yeah. even if you don't know anything about that going in it's still cool because it's still kind of like a here's here's you catching up in like a really 
quick scenario, but it still helps a lot to actually know what's going on. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, uh, for me personally, I didn't care at all about those floats. Right. Like, they were like, oh, this is their first battle. And I was like, I don't know what any of this is, so I don't care. Let's just get to the story. Mm-hmm. And, like, nothing against the game. I, I really did enjoy the game. It just it didn't hit home with me because I hadn't played the other games. Right. Um, yeah. No, I, I think this game is probably the closest I've ever felt that a game's come to being like on par with one of the best animation houses like Disney, oh, Pixar, I, I agree with whatever that, you want to sure. say. For sure. Uh, Insomniac has done an uh, amazing job here, especially if you look back. There's some like timelines online that you can like see Ratchet through the years. Ratchet, like I'm as of compared to like a lot of other game franchises, if you look at where he started to where he is now, it's like wow, he did that character did not look great <laughs> during the original game. Um, but yeah, so the other part of our uh, Metacritic predictions, check-in update, whatever you want to call it, is the Fast Saga. So Cody and I literally just saw this. Uh, Tim saw this a couple days ago, right? Yeah, I think he saw it uh, early yes, in the week. Yes, I saw it on uh, Thursday. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, and so this this was like a, a joint uh, co- uh, collective decision to add this to our movie list of most uh, anticipated things coming out this year. Um, so a quick synopsis on this. I mean, spoiler alert, by the way, we're going to go again into this one as to what we think uh, our history with the franchise and uh, how ridiculous they all are. Uh, but the latest one, of course, is Fast 9. Dom Tredo is living the quiet life off the grid with Letty and his son, but they know that danger always lurks just over the peaceful horizon. This time, that threat forces Dom to confront the sins of his past to save those he loves most. His crew soon soon comes together to stop a world-shattering plot by the most skilled assassin and high-performance driver they've ever encountered, Dom's forsaken brother, John Cena. <laughs> so... Uh, Tim also uh, was kind enough to pull this Metacritic for us, which is at a 58. And I think that kind of speaks to this franchise. It's not going to win an award. It never has, and it never will. Nope. If you've Um, seen... Excuse me, you're talking about the Academy Award winning Best Picture Movie, Fast 9, right? Yeah, very simple. Make sure you use its whole title. I gotcha. Uh, we were actually talking about this briefly right before we started recording. And if you've seen four, Fast and the Furious 4, uh, you pretty much can stop watching it if you don't actually enjoy the movies. Yeah, they have a formula, and they're just sticking to it because their whole thing is if it ain't fixed, don't break. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's all right, man. We're all tired. I'm not going to give you any shit. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, but yeah, so if this the latest installment is no different from like the past, like however many years uh, of uh, the Fast and the Furious saga, I guess as they're now calling it. Um, the one thing that like was my question leaving this movie um, that I asked Cody was that okay, so spoilers again, 
this movie brings back characters that we haven't seen in a very long time from Fast and the Furious 3. Um, and I was kind of curious where 3 took place on the timeline because uh, we've Don't seen Don't fix all, what all isn't broken. That's what I was trying to say. Don't fix what isn't broken. All right. And uh, yeah. So anyway, anyway the <laughs> 3 comes between 6 and 7. Yes, becomes the six and seven. Okay, because yes, then the other because it all evolves around Han, and when Han dies, and he dies at the end of Tokyo Japan. Drift. No, he doesn't. But it, in in place, it's after. Oh uh, yeah, in place, it's it's uh it's at the end of six. Um, okay, because Jason Statham is the bad guy or whatever in seven. Okay. Um. Yeah, so it's other than that, like it, it goes chronologically in order, you know, throughout time. Yeah. Um, of course, Paul Walker passed oh. away. No, because isn't there a thing with Letty? That's uh, that's four. Okay. Look, the timelines, like the order of the movies chronologically is fine. You just have to stick Tokyo between six and seven. But like the timeline in general doesn't make sense. And if you think about right. it, it makes your brain hurt. So the the creative directors behind this franchise have clearly made crap up as they went because they have overcorrected and redone many plot points to make it somehow, quote-unquote, okay to bring characters just back from the dead and be like, oh, we know we totally killed him on screen, but it was okay. It was actually planned, and he didn't actually die. A.K.A. Han is now back, even though he tragically died at the that's end. Not a, that's not even a spoiler. He's in the trailer. trailer. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he's on the, He's literally on the poster. Yep. Um, and so yeah, they were just like, oh yeah, you know, like when my car blew up and everyone thought I was dead. Yeah, I went through a trap door in the bottom of my car through the earth, and uh, I'm okay. Still. Think that that was what happened. Because it, he like he he's just there, right? Like, uh, I'm dying, and then like somebody like walks past him, and then he's just not there anymore. Like it was almost like he was like a ghost. He was, he was hologram or something. at at uh, yeah, Coachella. I, I don't. They that was the most lazy explanation of how we brought a character back I've ever seen. Because like, if you look at Tokyo Drift and the why he was in the car at the time, like he was running away from like the Yakuza boss's kid that was trying to kill him. And then he flipped and, and crashed his car. Like there's no way that was planned. And at no point, sure. at no point, cause they show that car chase from start to finish. Does he ever get a chance to stop that car and get out and put robot hologram behind the wheel? And when, whatever, I, them putting Jason Statham in it was also kind of dumb, but whatever. Yeah, they also made no sense why Jason Statham killed him at the end of 6 or whatever. I mean, they, they explained it that it was uh, payback for what they did to his brother. Yeah, sure, okay. But it's still dumb. Um, but, like, he looks at him. He's literally, like, bleeding out and, like, injured. And then, yeah, he just walks past and he's gone. And then he's just standing over next to Mr. Nobody. Perfectly fine. Not a scratch on him. 
that make any sense. I believe they just write it off the throwaway line of, like, he has a way of making things look real. Yeah, they were just like, oh, it's the greatest magic trick I've ever done. So, yeah, no, it was... Look. If you've seen Fast 4 or 5, yeah. you've seen Fast 9. I love these even, movies so much. It even ends on the same note. It does. They're all at that house that's being still rebuilt. being built. It's still being rebuilt. Okay, yeah, can we... Okay, this is what I'm talking about, the timelines. Again, I love these movies. I own literally all eight, including Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, or nine, I guess, including Hobbs and Shaw. On 4K, like the collector's set. Like, I love them. They're so bad. I love them. Um, the timelines don't make any sense. So, Dom is with that um, police chick from Brazil or whatever. Uh, in Fast 4, yeah. In Fast... They meet in Fast 5, and they're together in Fast 6. Uh, and then... Like at the beginning of the movie, they're together, and then that's when The Rock shows up and is like, Letty's alive. And then he just like, Sorry, babe, I gotta leave you because she's back now, so bye. And then that's it. Yeah, she's cool, right? Okay, I get that. So, beginning of this movie, uh, Mia is pregnant, she's not showing, but she's pregnant. She's got like the morning sickness and everything. Like it's very early. So me and fast nine or fast six. Fast six. Okay. Okay. So fast seven, right? You go through the entire events of fast six. You get to fast seven. Brian and Mia have a kid. This is Paul Walker's last movie. He obviously passed away halfway through filming. Um. They have a child, and the kid is like two years old or three at some at at this point, right? Yeah. And Dom has been with Letty the entire time, the entire time. And so then you get to Fast Eight, and the whole plot is that the bad guy Cipher she kidnaps. Don's old lover, the the Brazilian cop, and their newborn baby. It has been at least three years, at probably more like five, and she just had his baby. It makes no sense at all. Baby Dom's going back and forth. Yeah, but they don't they don't ever talk about that. All right, and then. And Fast 9, the kid's like five years old. Maybe four. And they still haven't built that house? Nope. It's been like four and a half years they haven't built that house back. They're too busy building rocket ships on cars to the, you know, they to go to space. They literally have like Also, like, isn't, isn't it like kind of implied in Fast 9 that like Don's kid and Mia and Brian's kid are like the same age? Yeah. Yeah, like right around the same age. Yeah. Literally, doesn't make any sense. And like, I know it's dumb to get hung up on these things, especially in a Fast and Furious movie when every like, they literally strapped a rocket to a Pontiac and flew it into space. So like, 
whatever. I will say, I know we're talking about this off screen. Um, I do love the fact that like they've kind of embraced the this is ridiculous aspect. Uh, and they've kind of been like doing things, I guess, almost for the chuckles, like, you know, when The Rock breaks his arm back through the cast and whatnot and then says, yeah, he's got to go to work uh, <laughs> and, and things like that. Um, but they really just full on are just like, yeah, we realize this is ridiculous because Tyrese's character is like, you ever just think that we're invincible? Well, and then they're like, nah, man, we're not invincible. We're just lucky. And the whole entire movie, he's just doing things. There's just like, no, seriously, like we're invincible. No, because like right before that, when they're on whatever island they're on, um, he's literally running in a straight line from a Jeep that's shooting directly at him. Doesn't get a single shot. Tackles a guy through a roof. He's fine. And then like 30 dudes surround him. He picks up an AK, kills all of them. Despite as they're shooting him. As they're all shooting him. And no one aims not a head. scratch. Nope. And I was like, really? This is okay. Sure. And you can ask Christian. There, there are several points in that movie. I just went, nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I love how their whole like thing about getting to space was the numbers add up. Yeah. There was no science. There, <laughs> there's no trying to explain it through science. Like, no, nah, just numbers add up. It'll work, man. <laughs> numbers don't lie. Favorite part of the whole movie, though, was the fact, the whole plot that John Cena just wants a hug. It was yeah, literally really, the plot of the movie. Like, they, they made that such a throwaway line. Like, when Cypher says, like, oh, you just wanted a hug. And he's like, ha yeah, sure, whatever. And then, like, later in the movie, he's like, all I do want is a hug. Yeah, like, I, I know Christian was laughing at me because I, I almost lost it. Uh, I did lose it. <laughs> yeah, I, John I, I kept it in. was pretty funny. Uh, they, so they put him behind this massive concrete <laughs> barrier, and it has this one <laughs> tiny little window. And so the whole gang is having a heart-to-heart reunion with Han and his adopted daughter and... They're all like giving you know, each other hugs, kumbaya, and giving each other hugs, and then it just pans slowly over, and you just see like, like, like Mr. Wilson from like Home Improvement back in the day, and it's just like from like the nose up, and he's just looking sad as everybody's getting hugs, and I, I couldn't help but laugh. Like it's so ridiculous. It was so bad. I loved it so much. Yep. But hey, at the end of the movie, he got his hug. He he and, got his and, hug. You know what? Family. He'll he'll be in the next one. Oh, for oh, sure. For sure. Casted him for the next one. It'll it'll. I'm sure The Rock will be back, and uh, you know the Undertaker will be the bad guy, and I'd watch it. Uh, his cousin. Who did you say his cousin was gonna be? Stone Cold Steve yeah, Austin. Stone Cold will be his cousin. <laughs> Just do it. Do it. Uh, and then uh, no Stone Cold. Will end up being like The Rock's long lost brother. <laughs> I will say they did a really good job of picking those young actors because it really did look like a young John Cena and young. The young, the young versions of them were really well cast. Yeah, I feel maybe like... maybe not so much the John Cena one. There are times where I was like, I don't kind of see how you grow to John Cena, but the Vin Diesel one, yeah. I was like, you're related to Vin Diesel somehow. You're like his I will say... cousin or nephew or something. When they were just like, yeah, we're brothers. And like, okay, as far as like a, like, you know, casting standpoint, like John Cena is hella white. 
I mean, they mentioned that. They like. I know. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Like, and then like you know, minutes or however long later. I think it's Cypher who makes the comment of like, man, you know, like I know that like Tarantino, uh, I must say Tarantino, uh, oh my gosh, Toretto bloodline has a lot of like mixed blood in it. Um, but, and then I think she makes the comment about like, you know, Nordic. in his chin or yeah. something. Nordic, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I think they're I know, like, just they implying. Mixed bloodlines a lot, but like, I didn't realize that they tapped in the Nordic region. I feel like yeah. it was just, um, cause like they, they, very intentionally didn't ever mention a mother so my guess is different moms yeah oh yeah his dad was just like hooking up with whoever was in the town he was racing in yeah but instead of instead of just I mean, like leaving that the whole kid with the mom, crew was just his children right yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like i need a pit crew how do i get one for free i love michael rooker <laughs> I love Michael Rooker to death. He's he's a great actor. He didn't need to be in that movie. No, that was just like a, another like, hey, who's somebody of note that we could cast to be yeah. a yeah. side character? I'm really excited for his next big adventure into Mary Poppins. Yeah. Or into the Galaxy Two reference. Yeah. Right. Uh, I uh, I I really I really enjoyed the movie. I just hate that they've they've like I both love and hate that they've leaned into the ridiculous. Like I mean at this point like just it's go the with bread it. butter. Like, like I I I think it would have been fine with the stupid like let me drive into this pole and hook my car onto this rope and just like fling us to another island. I could have probably gotten away with that had I not just watched a Jeep cartoon across a falling bridge. And then <laughs> yeah, like, that was bad. And then, like, that up was... a 90 degree angle. I was going to say the bridge was, like, all the way down and it just yeah. drove 90 degrees up the side of a cliff. That was bad. And this is coming from somebody who then five minutes later watched a car swing across, like, yeah. Tarzan from island to island. And I'm here saying, like, I would have bought the car swinging from yeah. island to island. Than the jeep going up a ninety degree hill. I, I would have totally been fine with it. I'd have been like, you know what, this is on brand with Fast and Furious. You know, I mean, in what was it, Fast Six? They went from like the building to building in Dubai or that whatever. That was uh, that was seven. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I was like, you know what, they did the Dubai thing, which is dumb, but you know what, fine, fine, fling a car. But the the bridge. I mean, they also had two like souped up cars carrying a safe through town so like that is on brand no it is it is but the the bridge wasn't no no they they went they went too far with the bridge the bridge was like when you watch a movie and somebody's like running across a bridge that's falling and then they like go to jump and like they make it too short but then like it pans in on the edge and you see like the hand come up that's what that was except it was a jeep it was that or like uh like in like the new the the last star trek movie they made where they're like careening off the cliff and you're like oh god are they gonna pull up and then it like the camera cuts away and then at the last second they're like and zoom up i was like oh cool they did that shot with a jeep (laughs) a jeep going four-wheel drive up a falling bridge sure 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 I mean, let's let's put this in perspective. In like five minutes, John Cena drives his car off a cliff, and a like stealth bomber picks him up. Then thirty <laughs> seconds later, they do the jeep scene, 
then a minute later they do like the car across the like it was just too much in like a five minute span where my brain was like all right they're just gonna go balls to the wall with this movie here huh yeah i no. love how in every single fast in this furious installment there's some sort of new gimmick that gets incorporated into like the driving sequences and in this one it was magnets for some freaking reason out the magnet like, thing was pretty cool. I'm I mean, not gonna lie to you. The magnet thing was, was great. Cool. It was very clever the way they introduced it, as opposed to just being like, "We're just gonna use magnets." Like, <laughs> like it was like, "Oh, they're using magnets to freak out all the computers." Okay, sure, <laughs> that makes sense. And then they were like, "We can use this to our advantage." Okay, fine, yeah. fine. But yeah, no, you're right. They they like. What's the big gimmick this time? Last also, time, I didn't realize until I was watching this movie that Ramsey is totally Masande from Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, like the whole entire movie, I was like, "This girl looks familiar." Oh yeah, nope, that's totally her. Masande from Game of Thrones. Oh, Ramsey. Sorry. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. Sorry, I, I thought you were talking about Cypher, and I was like, Sharice Throne no, is not <laughs> in Game of Thrones. No, talking about Ramsey. Yep, 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 yep. I, I, I feel like they also like they're still doing this like game where like we we don't know if like Ramsey likes Tyrese or Ludacris. Tej, Tej, yeah, like they're they're still doing this like back and forth nonsense it's been like i mean clearly in, in years. family everybody has their clips clicks you know like there's dom and letty and they get along better and then there's like the, the hacker people with like tyrese and tej yeah. and ramsey and then there's han and han homeboy old country boy that somehow even though they never mentioned he's the drift king is a rocket scientist now he went from, you know, king of Tokyo Japanese underground racing to, I'm a rocket scientist now. Here's a little Bow Wow. <laughs> it's good. If you enjoy the movies, go watch it. If you don't, there's no need. You've seen it already. Yeah. It's very predictable. The bad guy becomes their friend. It's a, it's it's like a Dragon Ball Z. Dragon arc. Ball Z. Yeah. I mean, from the minute John screens on screen as a bad guy, you're like, okay, he's going to, like, he's Dom's brother, so he's not going to be, like, bad the whole time. I wonder if the, these franch this franchise that's been centered around family will just completely disown a member of his actual family. Probably not. Anyway. Anywho... We've talked your ears off about Ratchet and Clank. We've talked your ears off about everything under the sun D&D &D related. And now we've talked your ears off about the Fast Saga. We were going to try to squeeze Let's Loki, talk about it in here, about the latest episodes. But Tim's actually a little bit behind, so we're just going to push that to well, next. Now we're going to talk about D&D. &D. So I was watching Critical Role. <laughs> Shouldn't have even mentioned the words. Shouldn't have even mentioned the words. That one's on me. So anywho... In addition to the other ongoings in the entertainment industry, next week we'll be doing a deep dive into catching up on Loki episodes 2, 3, and at that point 4. Uh, so if you're curious about that, make sure you tune in next week. Probably um, so, what? 
I said I should probably watch them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You need to catch up. Yeah. And they're really good too, so it's, it won't be that that painful. So that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Some Kind of Podcast. Uh, please make sure you like, share, and subscribe, and leave a comment below. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at SKO Entertainers or visit our website, www.skoentertainment.net, for more information. And finally, don't forget to join us on next week because even on the best of days, we all need some kind of entertainment. Thanks, guys. Bye. See ya.